3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbay Speaker, and more. And don't forget. This podcast is also distributed through our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and it is my honor to introduce the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
4: I am just doing marvelous. How are you doing, Miranda?
3: I am doing well. Well, busy time of year as we were all chatting offline about busy schedules and work schedules and planning for the rest of the year. I cannot believe we are already in October. Time flies when you're having fun. It really but we, does. But we can't have fun without the third member of this trio, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who? who? Yeah.
5: Let's just say this. Time flies when wrestling is back because we all remember <laughs> 2020 crawled like that yes. felt like five years ago. January 2020 was, just, oh my God.
3: It was forever <laughs> ago. And now we're here October 2021. <laughs> yeah. Already thinking and planning about the future, already seeing things for 2022. Very exciting, but before we get into that, we gotta get through this week, you guys, so let's get started with the road back to shows with Brendan.
5: Heck yeah, yeah, so like I said, you know, wrestling is back, Mexico is, uh, I mean, nobody's made a big news story out of what their color rating is anymore, I think even the government in Mexico is downplaying that system a bit right now, so... You know, we're still having shows. They're gonna have fans. We're gonna talk a bit about having fans at at some shows and and arenas trying to reopen. So let's let's move on. Um, uh, Arena Coliseo announced they're gonna reopen with fans starting Saturday, the uh, eleven six, for weekly shows, and uh, that that's uh, just CMLL's secondary arena. I, I shouldn't say just. It's one it's still one of the most famous gymnasiums for wrestling in the world. Um, but, you know, kind of exciting and and interesting. They they had a little bit of a press conference, but they, you know, they're probably gonna do more on that as they get closer. Um uh, so like I say, we're moving back. Uh the other thing that I had this week that I that looked really fun since we have spent many Past weeks, untangling masks and identities and other things, Cubs fan posted a story about, uh, uh, Espectro and his Espectro legacy, and I looked at it and I'm like, goodness, this is a time to, we, to bring this up. We, we have, uh, talked many times in the indie roundup about Hiho del Espectro Jr., uh, which I have just like the posters always shortened down to He Ho Della Spectro. But there is also Espectro Jr. 2 who was his mentor. Um, the reason, one of the reasons this story came up is because Espectro Jr. 2 is on Facebook and so other social media saying negative things about Hijo del Della Spectro and that they shouldn't be booked and all of this. But, uh, I'm gonna have to swing back around to some of that. Uh, so we're gonna start with the first man, uh, Antonio Hernandez Arriaga, was the first man in Mexico to use the espectro uh, gimmick, all the way back in 1953. Uh, very popular character, For those of you who aren't familiar with it, just from me saying the name, it's the green mask with a giant grin and usually like a a cane looking fake wig attached to the top
4: yeah like a black <laughs> kind of shock wig and yeah yeah, yeah. it, it kind of looks like a dead face or like a face <laughs> you'd see on
5: a poison bottle yeah oh, it's a cool okay. mask it's a yeah. classic
4: look yeah yeah
5: uh so and a number of people have worn it over the years and not none more famous than antonio peña uh who was the first person he actually rented out the the uh name and and gimmick from uh Ariaka. so uh so you you uh i this is why I would have assumed it would have been a triple a product at this point, and they do actually technically they are the only ones that have a copyright on the espectro junior name but uh they don't seem they're the only ones not involved in the shouting match at this point so um uh then later the Spectro Junior 2 took on the name uh and and uh, is the person who is, trained Quixote as Spectro Junior hence the extra naming i haven't figured out all of the differences between he ho or junior other than that allows dr wagner's family to have more people with dr wagner's mask on uh that's this that is as uh official and as expe- extensive as i have the uh he ho sometimes junior or two is used sometimes i think a lot of it is based on what sounds cooler uh or what else is available so again like i said that would allow you to have a Dr. Wagner. Uh, he hoed to Dr. Wagner Jr. as well as Dr. Wagner Jr. Two, which doesn't Dr. exist.
4: Wagner Jr. Jr.
5: <laughs> <laughs> also, also an option. That's what
4: I'd pick. Like just for the
5: announcers. <laughs> just, <laughs> actually, yeah, I, I don't know, Miranda. You're an announcer. How does does that sound better than? <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, I guess you know, you just put the emphasis on the second junior, right? Dr. Wagner Junior Junior. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no, that does work. I like well. it. See, it sounds okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad we tested that out. You're welcome. Everybody. You're welcome. <laughs>
5: Anyway, uh, so the, those are the two that are feuding over right now. Espectro Jr. 2 and Hijo del Espectro Jr., who is the indie wrestler that I have talked about working out of the North quite a bit. He's, uh, getting a little bigger in IWRG right now. They're kind of using him in main events. Um, and then, uh, this all seems to have come about when someone else attempted to file for a copyright. It looks like it was Hijo Del Espectro Jr. that attempted to file for copyright, which led Espectro Jr. to be like, wait, I rented you that name in the first place. But uh Cubs fans said the same out loud, the same things that were in my head, like these are all sound like they're all backroom handshake deals. So I don't think the courts are going to even <laughs> Mexican courts are going to take a lot of time trying to untangle this like. So we'll, I think at the end of the day what's gonna happen is they're gonna realize the AAA own, technically owns the rights and we will suddenly see a, a third person wearing the He-Ho, or a Spectro Jr., or wearing the Spectro Jr. gimmick. And, uh, and then, uh, probably being hated by fans of both of the other two, so. I just again, we've been having fun with this with the untanglings of synkaras and mysticos and um I I just said the same one, but we've done at least a couple of these, and the story came up, so I thought I would share with you guys, but that's what I had on my road back to shows. uh we were talking off air, things were a little chaotic this week, but so I'm just keeping it fun and and quick.
3: Well, with that, we always pair the road back to shows with the indie roundup. So, do you have any indie roundup news for us?
5: I do have a couple of them. We had uh, we had a crash show with some big names on it. This was uh, on the eighth uh, at the Auditorio de Tijuana. Um, uh, real quick for the first one, you had Terror Azteca, Tarito Negro, uh, and Toto against. Kamek C, Proximo, and Scalibur. I didn't even see this match, so, uh, it's, it's a rematch. If you've been following IWRG, or following the crash, I mean, so used to IWRG, uh, you probably have seen this, this matchup before, uh, as, as the, the talking heads are calling, call it hotspotting it, but I haven't seen it, so I can't say a whole lot on it. Here's an interesting one, though. We had Black Danger. Dinamico and Super Beast against Aramis, Destiny, and Funny Bone. Now, so there's some mm-hmm. American names in there. Uh, Super Beast and Funny Bone on okay. either side of the match. Uh, you also have Black Danger, who has come to America and done a lot of indie dates, including Expo Lucha. Um, so – you had that them square off they did an angle where funny bone and super beast got added to the match at the last minute i want to see how that played out but uh i really I, I this sounds like a fun one for fans of of the indie and lucha scene there and then uh in our third match we had a ladies tag team match uh we had Christy Janes, or I guess I should say Legends of Lucha Lucha Libre. We all know. We know this
3: girl.
5: Legends of Lucha Libre star Christy Janes and Diana Parasso in a tag team against Fabi Apache and Sexy Star 2. So this is the... I like that the the star, the posters now have, have the two on there, even though there's only one person still performing as Sexy Star. Uh... Christy Janes and Diana Parazzo wound up winning this one, which, again, interests me. I, just seeing that result makes me want to know how that happened, because you have Fabi Apache on the other side. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> uh And then uh in our semi-main event, you had Io de Vikingo and Ray Horus. Oh, sorry, Io de Vikingo, Ray Horus, Demonic Flamida, and Rich Swan in a four-way match and Eo david kingo came out on top on that one um i mean it's west coast that's going to be a very west coast lisha style match so it's going to be crazy haven't seen it this this uh, results thing is making me want to go hunt down the footage really bad yeah. and our main right
4: <laughs> sounds good
5: our main event is the only one that Confuses me in a way that doesn't make me more excited, but I'm not less excited. Uh You have Masada and Moose in a, a, in a tag team against Pagano and Psycho Clown and Bestia 666 and Mecha Wolf. Like I don't know how Masada and Moose found their way into this match, <laughs> but. <laughs> It, it almost doesn't matter because you have so many other Picano and Psycho Clown on the, the other side, uh, the whole how are they gonna coexist thing, plus why do clowns always get teamed together? Uh, we'll be talking a lot about clowns this week, by the way. Just spoiler alert. Lots of clown talk this week. <laughs> Uh so Masada and Moose actually came out winning on this one which again just makes me well, I'm more I want to know more about this match now. But that was our main event for the crash that was on 10/8 the uh, there is uh results available uh on on our site as well as uh, I believe I got I thought I got off our site. Uh and then as as well as uh they're probably going to put YouTube footage of it up in the near future. The crash is reasonable about having uh even fan hand cam footage up. Another interesting match that I was actually able to watch was Maslucha put up a four way elimination match of the Dinastia Munoz against Dinastia Wagner. Uh so th- if you're looking for this on their channel it's called La Madre de las Batalias uh it was filmed in the arena arena Neza. Uh I have not seen results anywhere. I just found the footage, but uh the end result after you had uh, all the people in there, you had your Drelis you had your Heho to Dr. Wagner's. We did not have a Heho Junior Junior yet. That's still in fantasy booking in my head. Uh <laughs> and of course you had Wagner and uh Bestia del Ring which is where the match wound up we had Bestia del Ring and Dr Wagner brawling in the ring for the finish so a bunch of people came to ringside which allowed Bestia to to uh get a pinfall victory over Dr Wagner uh, again my this week is just blowing my mind with these weird results and then amongst the people that came out was, uh, La Impresa. So, uh, they are bringing this story all over the place, including them kind of not getting along very well with, uh, the Munoz family. So, who they also make news for, for having a backstage brawl with. So, uh, it's not, this isn't just AAA, which again, spoiler, we will probably be talking about some of these names in AAA as well. They're bringing this all over Mexico. So if you are into this feud, stay tuned. We're going to have lots of over the weeks. We'll probably have lots of results that involve uh, Sam Adonis and Puma King and the rest of La Impresa coming out and either brawling or being in the main event all across Mexico and maybe even the United States. That's, That's me again. I'm bringing that into the world. I want it to come here. I will fly somewhere to probably see that. So but that's my Indie Roundup.
3: Well, thank you, Brendan, for both of the Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup. That's the place where you get all of your news and tidbits from throughout the week. Don't worry, we got more for you. But before we do that, well, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
2: Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the Podcast Network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Mass Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on Podcast platforms Platforms on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcasts, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours
3: now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. A big thank you to Denise Alcedo, each and every week, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. So, first big promotion we're going to be talking about, you got to know, you must know, and if you know, well, you're going to know. And that is Triple
6: <laughs>
3: So many clowns. We're going to be talking about Triple A Heroes Immortales show that happened this past weekend. Dusty, go ahead and take it away.
4: Yeah. First, we'll run down the results. Then we'll give it a little discussion. First up was the nine-person. It had been scheduled and announced as a 12-person, but we got a nine-person Copa Antonio Pena match. The rules I never fully understood this year, you know, they, they change every year. But this year we had Pimpinella Escarlata defeating Mamba, Aerostar, Sexy Star 2, Dave the Clown, Kira, Viano 3, Jr., Ares, and Arhenus. Second match of the card was the trios no disqualification match between Nueva Generacion Dinamita, El Cuatrero, Sanson, and Forastero when they de- defeated El Poder, El Poder del Norte. There we go. Tito Santana, Carter Brava Jr., and Cota Jr. The third match on the card was the tag team match for the t- AAA World Tag Team Championship, Lucha Brothers. Phoenix and Pinta defeated Los Genetes del Iodo Io del Vikingo and Laredo Kid. And then after the match, there was a little show thing, a little spot we'll mention later in the discussion. And the fourth one was La Empresa, Puma King, Sam Adonis, and DMT Azul defeated Los Psycho Circus, Psycho Clown, and Murder Clown with Dave the Clown and we'll we'll get to him later. So, Heroes and Mortalities. Yeah, it, great show. It really brought the heat this year. I I thought it personally was a, a better show than Triple Mania maybe. And I mean, it, it it was that good.
5: I I definitely was having that discussion in my head like did I like this better than I like Triple Mania? I can't decide. I need to rewatch Triple Mania, but like Exactly. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the fact-
4: exactly where I am. But yeah, this was good. <laughs>
5: Yeah, the fact that it's in that conversation is means it was really good. Uh just real quick, I don't know that we need to say a lot about it, but uh the NGD uh Poder del Norte match was interesting to me in that clearly NGD was supposed to be kind of the bad guys. But yeah. I, I had trouble rooting for uh, uh, for Poder del Norte. They kept wrestling like the Poder del Norte I've hated for years. Yeah. <laughs> so it was Really hard for me to get behind it because they were bigger heels and, and Rudos than, than NGD.
4: They were, yeah Th- This was a great show. Um, we had Laredo Kid in it again, much like Triple Mania. Match of the Year Contender, much like Triple Mania. This time it was Lucha Bros and Vikingo with them. Uh, we got that dream match Brendan was talking about. Nuevo Generacion <laughs> Dinamita, Poder del Norte. <laughs> Uh, first up, we had the Copa Antonio Pena. Uh, we had Piero as a ref, so I instantly knew that even though I didn't <laughs> understand the rules, it wasn't going to make any sense anyway. And, and even if I had understood the rules, it wouldn't have made any sense. So that was all right. And uh, they really followed through with that. Like, I, I never quite understood. Mompa had an extremely strong run through the yeah. match, eliminated almost all of the competition. Before losing to longtime rival, Pimpinella Escarlata. I Pimpy
5: thought Mamba was gonna win.
4: I did too. Such a strong run. I mean, so cool. Uh, after Pimpy won the match, Mamba had a beat down on Pimpinella, only to be interrupted by the most exciting man in Lucha Libre, Mr. Guana himself. He ran in to make the save. <laughs> best, best run in on the show. Loved it.
5: <laughs> so, since we're here and he did that run in, uh, wasn't he scheduled to actually participate in the Copa trip? The, the Copa this year?
4: Uh, he was either in the Copa or in a trios match. It may have been one of the matches from earlier in the evening that were taped for the program, but he was definitely announced for one of the, yeah, the matches. I just, Yeah. Yeah.
5: We don't know who the exactly who the three people that weren't in that match were uh and and uh Dave, as you everybody paid attention to uh was in two matches, so uh you know the things weren't were weird on that, but that was when my first thought was yeah. come out was like was he wasn't he supposed to be in this match and then I remembered he might have been in a Trios match, which the rumor is we might see that match on TV in the upcoming um, weeks.
4: Yes, he was in a trios match with Nino Amberguesa and Fabio Apache versus La Parca Negro, Io Del Torantes, and Superfly.
5: Yeah, Superfly so, came back.
4: Yeah, <laughs> so very cool, yeah, and... and Like Brendan said, hopefully we'll get to see that match on TV. Next up, we had the dream match. We had Poder del Norte versus Nueva Generacion Dinamita. This is one of the hardest hitting lucha matches we've had in a couple years because of the pandemic. Like, it Mm -hmm. it was awesome. These guys are all legitimately tough, and they just kicked the shit out of each other in this match. Like, it was.
5: But again, it was Dinamita was wrestling, and Poder del Norte was brawling and bringing chairs and. Yeah.
4: True. And and Dean (laughs) Amita, they used a lot of strategy early in the match. I mean, they were like a, a group of sharks or pack of hunters. They, they, three on one constantly and they wrestled so smart and psychologically so smart and they look so good in the masks. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen them look that
5: good in, in a long time.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were fantastic. And the crowd was super hot for this match. Like, they they were super into it. There was an amazing spot where um Port, Poder del Norte catapulted Forstero, I believe, and then it went into a chair shot, like an all in one uh-huh. maneuver. Yeah. That was cool. But still Nuevo Generacion Dinamita won. I was super into it. I was glad they won. Like like Brendan said, they were ostensibly the Rudos in this match, but man, like they were the better team. Like
5: that was my biggest, my biggest takeaway. I mean, like, I love this match, and it was probably my match of the night, but it was, it was, I, I felt like I was some weird indie fan, uh, indie wrestling fan, because I was rooting for the, the guys that I'm not supposed to be rooting for the whole time. And I was, I wasn't doing it on purpose. It's just every time Potter Del Norte did their cheating stuff, I saw, I remember them doing that same thing to Mr. Iguana in particular. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, for those of you who haven't caught on, we really like Mr. Iguana on this show. It's, like, it's not just that he talked he he's friends with Dusty. He's yeah. a fun, entertaining character. <laughs> he's a
3: homie, that's what's up.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a friend of the show, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like like he listens to the show. And yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. But, big uh, but big fan Beyond, of Mr. beyond that. Yes.
5: We we uh, we like him because he's really a friend, a new, fresh, and unique character. And
4: oh, so good! The uh, when we, when we started the podcast and we were talking about you know who do we want to interview, the first person I said was Mister <laughs> <laughs> Iguan.
5: Yeah,
6: that's
3: true. Because
4: we had just seen the Lucha Fighter, and I saw Jeska yeah. with the mask on, and I was like, "That's my guy! <laughs> that's my <Like, laughs> <the> guy!" <laughs>
3: Yeah, and, and there's, I think, certain people that when you see them, you have a reaction to them, and I feel like that's been something that we've seen with Mr. Iguana yeah. throughout, you know, 2021 is, you know, his bigger presence here in the United States, um, continuously, continuously being on AAA shows. He is somebody that you want to root for. Yes.
5: And he wasn't even on the card at this point. Just He just showed up as a... Right. <laughs> uh,
4: we... we... Don't want to forget we had the tag team match between Lucha Bros and Los Genetes del This really stole the show. As I mentioned, they turned in a real match of the year contender – Everything you would have expected from this match, you got it. There were Destroyers, Spanish Flies, Tarantes as a ref, Vikingo doing insane moves. And everything was executed to the highest degree of perfection. Like, it was so good. This was a real barn burner of a match. And if you weren't already aware, Vikingo and Laredo are two of the fastest rising stars in Lucha Libre. And- Just that's
5: Conan. He'll tell you.
4: Yeah. And, yes. <laughs> and beautifully, they really pushed the Lucha Bros to their limits. Yeah. This was the best tag team Penta and Phoenix have faced in a while, and it was the best tag team match Penta and Phoenix have had in quite a while. I was loving the whole thing. If it weren't for Tarante's making some scandalously slow counts, we could possibly have had new tag team champions. He's an
5: old man. Yeah, if it
4: can't go and the Raid right over that yes. good. Like, it was incredible. But after Lucha Bros picked up the win with the two-man underhook pile driver, the Lee brothers, Dragon Lee and Dr- Drillistico, came out and challenged the Lucha Bros for the titles. Lucha Bros have been the tag team champs in AAA for over 850 days at this
5: point.
6: Woo. So,
4: yeah, the Lee brothers <laughs> will really need to bring their best A game if they intend to make that a successful challenge.
5: This was the news that lit us the internet on fire.
4: It was so yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I, 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 I figured when we were going to talk about stuff, we were going to talk about this match and and the the next match, but yes. Uh, uh, that, that's why I wanted to sneak in my comments on Dina Mita and move on. but uh. <laughs> Yeah,
4: no, I wanted to make sure we covered everybody. It's a great show. <laughs> and, and to cap it off, the great show, we had the main event, Los Psycho Circus versus La Empresa. Psycho Circus was scheduled to be the combination of Psycho Clown, Murder Clown, and Monster Clown. But before the match, in a clip that I didn't see, it wasn't on the version of the show that I watched, La Impresa attacked Monster Clown in the trainer's room. They left Why? him unable to compete. Law <laughs> and La then, like, the match, it, it they, they, Psycho Circus needed a third man. And while they were looking for a replacement, Dave the Clown comes and he offers his services to help fight off Law and Psycho Circus, they decline because they don't feel like they don't really know Dave. They can't trust him.
5: Well, there's more to it than that. They really, like, he was part of the, a rival faction back in the day. And then mm-hmm. when, Clown then,
4: corporation, yes.
5: Yeah. <laughs> and then when uh, uh uh, Psycho Clown broke away from the Psycho Circus, Dave the Clown joined, uh, joined the other two members in trying to unmask Psycho Clown. So Psycho Clown specifically was like, "You're kind of a jerk, and I can't trust you." Just um, this was when I had said we wanted to talk about the history of Dave the Clown. That's that's really a huge part of it. Is that he's
4: yeah, he was kind of his not his nemesis <laughs> exactly, but he was definitely an opposition to Psycho mm-hmm. Clown. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we saw Straya join Psycho Circus or join uh, La Emperesa in this match. And uh, she had a Harley Quinn gear. It was also really as a, cool. yeah, yes. a clown. Yeah, also as a clown. Yeah, four on two battle in the ring. Um, it it was crazy. Law and Prey just beating the hell out of Psycho Circus. They were tearing at their masks, tear, chair shots. They were slamming the clowns through the tables. It was nasty. But who shows up? Dave the Clown. That's right. They turned him down. They tried to keep him down, but he showed up anyway to prove his allegiance to Psycho Circus and AAA. And that was what Psycho Circus really needed. At that point, they rallied. And then... After the rally, Murder Clown and Psycho Clown escaped the cage, and they left Dave down there all by himself to get triple teamed by Longfrey.
5: You, you make it sound like they did this as like a big heel turn. That's not really how it's <laughs> Well, okay, pronounced. and that's
3: true, but also like, when you say it like that too, like not just when you say it like that, but when you say it out loud, yes, yeah, like, you left the homie there to vent for yeah. himself.
5: Well, which is what all the comments that I saw on the internet at first, it was really weird to watch this real time just <laughs> on social media because that 's whatever like everybody 's like and then j uh then psycho clown and and monster clown peace out or murder clown I mean just yes. peace out they, they all they all say that and and i and I was like that sounds really weird, like Dave showed up to do. But when you watch it, what happens is the tide turns. Psycho Clown looks around, sees nobody moving, says, this seems like a good time to try and win the match. Yeah. And the, the same thing happens with Monster Clown. He beats a few people down, realizes he has all the time in the world to get out of the ring. So then they look in and they realize, that's not Monster Clown, that's Dave the Clown. <laughs> Maybe we should have stayed in there and helped him get out. Cause- <laughs>
4: I mean, well, they should have, because he got triple-teened yeah. by Lombreza. <laughs> they, they, they whooped up on him. Sam Adonis escaped the ring. He, and it w- wasn't even mostly to try to win. It was just so he could hit Psycho Clown and Murder Clown with chair shots. Like, yeah. that's all he wanted to do. And, and <laughs> then they assist Estrella. Ast- and so she was kind of trying to fight. Murder Clown and Psycho Clown on her own. It was it outside it,
5: the it, ring. Yeah, well, outside the ring, like on well, the. While the floor. other two were still beating up Dave.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so Sam Adonis runs in to even up the numbers and get in some chair shots, and they and Puma King, TMT Azul, <laughs> they handcuff Dave to the turnbuckle.
5: Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah.
4: Then they snatch his mask and play soccer with it in the ring.
5: And and again. <laughs> This uh, the imagery of that was huge for me. I just yeah. So Dave has this all white mask that was now stained red
6: with blood. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It really was like just toying with them. Literally, Um, every element of this match, it felt like they were just toying and playing with them.
5: Yeah, absolutely. You yes, and the fans were really angry about it. Like this is the. This is the most successful face turn I've seen in years in all of wrestling. Like Dave, Dave the Clown went from an undercard guy that you expected to just lose, like Coco Beware back in the eighties, yeah. to the most over babyface in the company, if not in the world, that weekend. Yeah, just. I mean- because-
4: Yeah, it sounds insane, but it was fantastic. Like, it really had me excited about Dave the Clown. Now, I'm like, damn, Dave the Clown. Like, I can't wait. I I want to see him get his revenge. Like, I am so excited about that. They did a fantastic job with him. Like, they couldn't have done better. And then... We had just a little thing at the end, a quick vignette, says Cain Velasquez is returning Saturday, December 4th, so possibly Triple Mania Regia, we'll see, I mean, who knows, there's rumors it is Triple Mania Regia, there's rumors it's not, that it's going to be a new pay-per-view, we'll cover all of that in the future, but as soon as the news drops, if you want to know before you can hear it from us, go to luchacentral.com check it out pep will have all the news on there because it's your place for all things lucha libre yes
3: thank you so much and a very eventful heroes immortales
4: uh, triple a
3: speaking of eventful (laughs) we got aew this week some things that we know some things we don't know because it's not saturday yet Uh, So that also threw a loop in our preparing for this week. But, Dusty, let us know what's happening with AEW.
4: Yeah, well, first up, we had Rampage, and the Lucha Bros went up against the Acclaimed in a tag title match. The ranking, you know, the ranking numbers, it all matters in AEW, and the... Actually, Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> when it's convenient, it matters. Yeah. And, but they were the number one ranked tag team that hadn't challenged for the title. So there we go. And they got their spot. Uh, it, you know, being ranked number one wasn't enough because they lost to the Lucha Bros in five minutes and 19 seconds. There wasn't a lot of drama in this match. But the work itself in the match brought the excitement and it was a great five minutes. It highlighted both what makes the acclaimed a great and strong tag team and the Lucha Bros a great and strong tag team. And it really made them look good before their Heroes and Mortales appearance. Yeah. And it'll play we'll get, we'll preview next week's, but it, it'll play into all of that, you know, coming up. We also had on rampage ricky starks defeated brian cage in a philly street fight like it took a long time to get here it it took forever but we're finally at the blow off or what should at least be the blow off for the ricky starks brian cage team ftw team taz feud It's gone on forever now, but this was a great match, great match for Street Fight. Ricky was bleeding all over the place. There were belt shots, there were pool cues, trash cans, Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs got involved, and they eventually helped Ricky shake all of Cage's attempts before Ricky was able to win with the Rochambeau with the 10-minute and 43-second mark. Ricky Starks is going to be a huge star. He is the total package. He's got a great look. He's amazing in the ring. He can talk. We saw a lot of things we normally don't get to see from Ricky on AEW in this match to see just the the spread of his talent. I am so excited for Ricky Starks. I I'm so excited. The move from NWA to AEW. Thunder Rosa might have had the best move, but Ricky Starks is a real close second. It's yeah. a photo finish, honestly, yes. between the two of them. And so good. We didn't really have anything on Dark Elevation or Tuesday Dark this week that was Lucha relevant, and if you tried to watch Dynamite this Wednesday, you might have wondered why everybody looked like Chris Jericho's dad, because Dynamite (laughs) was preempted by the NHL, and it will run on Saturday for the next two weeks. We'll cover the first episode on next week's show. But in the meantime, there's been a lot of speculation after Heroes and Mortales that the challengers this Saturday for the AAA tag titles against Lucha bros, you know, who could it be? Could it be the Libros? Are these Andrade's friends? Uh, It opens a forbidden door if they come in the ring of honor thing. But what does that do for Andrade? Like, I I don't know if this is the beginning of him being kind of the, the boss of his own trio, but it kind of feels that way. It feels like trios are going to be a big thing coming soon. And the death triangle thing, he really wanted to take over that spot. If it was at all possible, Uh pack spot. Now it feels like, you know, that he might have the pack spot in his own trio. And if he could bring in dragon Lee and, Listico kind of opened that door between Ring of Honor and uh, AEW, it would really be a big deal and an exciting deal. And the other big news to come out of all this is that AEW wants to book the AAA tag titles as kind of their secondary tag titles or maybe the mid-card tag titles within AEW for a while and have the titles defended and possibly by some unique teams ah. in AEW. So that could open love it. A, Yeah, open up a lot of interesting it. doors. And conversely, it could send a lot of interesting talent to Mexico as shows are ramping back up again. It would be very exciting for people to not a territory necessarily, but get to work in, you know, Mexico, get to work Japan, or whatever, get to work these places in a system through AEW, so there's a lot that could happen based on these tag teams that is incredibly exciting, and you know, as news comes out, we, like I say, we'll cover it next week. If you're in the Facebook group, we drop a l- few bits of news and bits and pieces here and there. I've got some information about Lucha Underground. Where are they now? I'm going to drop in the group this week, but we will also have the winners and losers and who debuts. Everything will be covered in the Facebook group, Lucha Central Weekly News. So check that out. Also check out luchacentral.com. And next week, we will bring all of that news to you.
5: Uh, I did want to touch on the rumors about the Masked Men thing real quick, because okay. everyone is is speculating it'll be the Lee brothers. I did say last week that that does seem a little harder because ROH has a TV deal and ROH mm-hmm. has not actively participated in this. Uh, but they, there are still talks of, of other teams popping up, maybe AEW-centric teams. Um, so... Uh, you know, there I I don't remember off the top of my head there was another really good pro, uh, program that was listed that's not the Good Brothers. Uh But there was I'm trying I was stalling for well, a second trying to think of it. I was going to say
3: I know there was a random um, you know speculation out there that it could be who who used to be the authors of pain in NXT. Uh yeah. Yes, that was one that you know was was circulating out there as far as a possible team.
5: It was there was a lucha team as well, and I don't, I, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. So uh, the good news for you is that we will all know soon yeah. Who, yeah. It, who it is. Uh, I just wanted to create more hype around this and point out that if you're not a fan of the the Lee brothers, yeah. and, you know. There's lots of other exciting mass possibilities that could also still be.
4: Yeah, there there's a lot of interesting choices. And we could even see Laredo and Vikingo come mm-hmm. back and want their rematch. Yeah. I mean, there's yep. a lot going on. Kenny Omega is allegedly very high on Vikingo and, you know, once that singles match <laughs> with Vikingo and and the rumor was at one time that he had said that the only person, you know, he would be willing to drop the title to at that point was Vikingo. You know, like mm-hmm. if they wanted him to drop the title, he would drop it to Vikingo. So can he being an executive vice president in that much interest if AAA you know, was more interested in him as a tag guy right now or didn't want him being a singles guy right now, it doesn't align with their plans. This would be a great way to get a lot of eyes on them and bring those eyes back to Mexico. So there's a lot of interesting choices we could see, but yeah, like Brendan said, we'll all know what it is Saturday night. It'll be on LuchaCentral.com. It'll be on the Lucha Central Weekly News Facebook group. It'll probably be on our social medias. So check it out. All of those places. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. That gives you all you need to know for this week's AEW. Up next. We have NXT, and there was really one must-see match that Lucha fans needed to see this week in NXT, and that was the main event of uh, Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott for the NXT North American Championship, and this was the last time we were going to see these two together in a ring after a year of feuding, almost a year plus of feuding. Um, this was the 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 match we were going to get to truly determine who was going to be the NXT North American champion. Now again the stakes were high because Isaiah Swerve Scott was drafted along with all of Hit Row to SmackDown. So this was their last appearance on NXT television at least for now earlier in the night when the show began legado de fantasma attacked hit row um b and top dollar were accompanying isaiah swerve scott to the building they were kidnapped so isaiah Sword scott was absolutely alone in this A- and you know legado de fantasma really tried to use that to their advantage however before the match even started Isaiah Swerve Scott just got out there and started to attack Santos Escobar. Um, they were battling in the ring when finally the referee called for the bell. And the first thing that Santos did, which, again, him and Legato do very well, created space, rolled out of the ring. Um, and Isaiah Swerve Scott took pretty much the lead in the match fairly early on. Um, he was super aggressive. You could see that, you know, this personal attack on... Swerve and hit row really hit him as far as really channeling that aggression to Santos eventually, Santos was able to catch up doing um, a beautiful suicide dive in towards in uh, through the middle ropes, um hitting isaiah Swerve Scott uh, right towards the announced table really big impact, but even before that um, he had really a a beautiful dive of himself, Isaiah Swerve Scott onto. Santos Escobar. Um, you know, the momentum kept going back and forth in the match. Um, at one point, Isaiah Swerve Scott removed the padding off of the turn buckle, not the actual turn buckle, but, uh, the metal part that attaches the turn buckle to the post. Um, and so that plays a role in it later on. Um, but, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was going to hit a 450 splash, but then Santos Escobar put his knees up. Um both members of Legado De Fantasma as far as Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza ended up coming to the ring to cause a distraction. However, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams popped up and made the save and to uh help even out the odds. Um from there, uh there was, I think Isaiah Swerve Scott uh whipped Santos into the corner where the exposed turnbuckle part was. Um, hitting Santos really good in the head, and that allowed him to uh, apply his finishing maneuver, the JML driver, for the win. Um, but that wasn't it. So for a few seconds you thought that Isaiah Swerve Scott was going to be taking the NXT North American Championship to SmackDown. However, uh, Carmelo Hayes and uh, Trick Williams came into the ring to help uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott celebrate and then we got the Swerve and that's Carmelo Hayes drilling him with a clothesline and cashing in his contract that he won uh in the breakout tournament um and ultimately winning that match uh to become the new NXT North American Champion. So in the final match that we see and a match that we really did think was kind of a steal for uh Santos as Swerve was is now leaving they really did hit us with a swerve in Santos uh losing that match and now having the title on Carmelo oh, Hayes.
5: So much anger.
3: So let's talk about this for a second. So what are your thoughts on, one, let's get started. This is how the hit row Legado de Fantasma feud ends.
5: Yeah, with with a clean win over Santos so that they still have no momentum even though they're supposed to be the one staying behind Mm -hmm. uh i I mean for those of you who aren't privy to our private conversations here miranda read me the the uh the result as it was happening and the first words out of my mouth were anything to not put the belt on santo's which is i feel like what we're getting in nxt right now so yeah uh i'm i'm still really raw about this it's like I'm not excited about Legato Del Fantasma's opportunities and NXT moving forward, especially with the so-called new direction of NXT and them all being undersized guys. So, yeah. you know.
3: It it definitely hits a, a little hard. I mean, the feud now is a little anticlimactic. Again, in our heads, we had all these ideas and thoughts of how they could really close this feud out. Mm-hmm. And it ended up, granted, I could see why they, they ended with just Santos and Swerve because that's how the feud got started with Santos and Swerve so I can appreciate that but the fact that yeah um, even if it was through a cheating kind of mechanism or not a super clean uh, way of winning Santos still lost um, mm-hmm. Now, it does make sense now that you do have a contender or you have Carmelo Hayes as the new North American champion that does line up Santos to be your next kind of natural um, a competitor for this. But as you have mentioned, Brendan, this is the direction they're going in. They're putting you know, this could be the sign of putting the belts on a lot of that newer 2.0 talent to build mm-hmm. up. You know NXT in its in a different way, so it absolutely makes sense if this is truly the direction of 2.0 that they put it on Carmelo Hayes. Now, granted, I think the utilization of the cash in was great. If this could yeah. be, oh. you know, NXT's equivalent to Money in the Bank, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I think Carmelo Hayes is a great person to have the belt on, but I absolutely think it would have. Been just about the same opportunity, you know. If, if say you had it on Santos and and you still he had a run with it and you still had it where Carmelo beat him after a while, I think you still could have done that as well.
5: I, I mean, it wouldn't have been as shocking, but you could have even done the thing where Santos wins. Yes. And and have him cash in immediately. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have you wouldn't have had the shock of the the turn on it, but at mm-hmm. the you know. It would have done uh, similar things. It would have put Carmelo in a place where he's he's got the championship and he's got momentum behind him. It would allow uh, Legado del Fantasma to have some momentum moving forward. But the, the way that this went down, they have no momentum moving forward. And, yeah,
3: And it absolutely worries me because you spent over a year building up this feud between two factions yep. and now one of your factions is gone. What is there left for Legado?
5: There's nothing. Right. Yeah. All of that. All of this is true.
3: (laughs) So it it definitely gives a little bit of a worry about what is next for Legato, at least for, for those of us who are pretty big fans of them. Um, But again, there they, it does set up a good starting feud for Carmelo versus Legato. The fans were behind Santos in there too. So if Mm -hmm. maybe we also see a face turn, Possibly from Legato, that could be um something positive as well. But yeah, it does leave you wonder, you know, what what is there next for them? Who who knows? Um, since they've really relied on this feud um for, you know, over a year now. It is also
5: worth mentioning, I just thought of it randomly, that uh we did see the return, like you we were talking about, of the kidnappings at the beginning of this show too. So yeah, they they were doing all the callbacks to it.
3: Yeah, who knew kidnappings is such a lucha archetype. <laughs> Just,
5: well, we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know mm-hmm. uh, at the at the beginning when random luchadors were getting thrown into the backs of SUVs that mm-hmm. that was going to be a uh, it was going to be a lucha angle. But
3: yes. but also, are we surprised <laughs> that it was a lucha angle? No. No, I mean, Not we'll all. talk about it a little bit later, but like, kidnappings and lucha angles have, are, are pretty commonplace. <laughs> uh, you know, anyways. Uh, but as far as what to come, what's to come ahead, Halloween Havoc is happening in a few weeks and we did get confirmation of two matches. Uh, first, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships are going to be on the line. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark will defend their belts in a triple threat match against Toxic Attractions' Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane, as well as Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota. So that is going to be quite a challenge for the Women's Tag Team Champions. But, you know, Io and Zoe have continued to find a rhythm, a working relationship, And that itself, I think, is going to be a great match. Also, we did get confirmation that Raquel Gonzalez will defend the NXT Women's Championship against Mandy Rose uh, in a spin-the-wheel match. Uh, So whatever the wheel uh, wheel lands on is what the match will be, which does get me nervous. Because, I mean, look, we've seen it already. The first big title change outside. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa winning the NXT championship isn't that big of a surprise. But ultimately, you know what that's being built up to do as to who he may drop it um, with someone, you know, as part of the new 2.0 era. Um, the same thing could happen with these two other matches, especially with Toxic Attraction. They have been a kind of a focal point within 2.0 television. And I think that they would definitely try and put all three belts on each member of toxic attraction um which would feel very kind of not anticlimactic but when you think of the lineage and this is not anything against Mandy Rose absolutely not um but truly when you think of the lineage of the women's uh championship and everything Raquel did in 20 uh 20 to build herself to this contendership it does almost feel like you know uh, just kind of a sigh of huh you know if Mandy Rose is the person to beat her. However, again, it's, this the women's division has changed, and the same competitors that we've seen over the past, you know, five years really are not the people we we have in NXT now.
5: It's a new NXT for real. Like the the 2.0 branding is is almost necessary. <sighs> <That> <sighs> makes makes me sad, but. <laughs> It's not it's not my show anymore, that's for yeah. sure.
3: Well, if Raquel Gonzalez loses the belt, or can we finally get her and Electra Lopez in a tag team? And oh,
5: then... then stop teasing me with good ideas if this ever happened. I like
3: that. Right? <laughs> they would they would be some boss ass <laughs> yeah. La Diabla y La Madrina. Uh, Damn they would fuck yeah. shit up.
5: Yeah. I love it.
3: Right. They I just... dig
4: it.
5: I'm less ex, if you'd said something like that three weeks ago, I would have been all excited because I would have still believed it's possible.
3: Yeah. But no. And if Mandy Rose wins, hopefully for, for Frankie Monet to get another shot.
1: Yeah.
5: I, that would be, actually, that would be a good feud. I, I can oh, see yeah. those oh, two man. doing a lot of good things together.
4: Well, and they're both remarkably strong women. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
3: cool exactly.
4: Mm-hmm. I think that it would yeah. really help elevate Mandy to have a really strong yes. physical match
5: mm-hmm. with with somebody who's got as much experience as I mean. Let's be honest. That's what her role really is in NXT yeah. right yeah. now. She's the she's, she's there to make their wellness. their talent yeah. look really good. That's what she you know. And I'm okay with that because she's really good at it, but. It, uh <laughs> It means I get to enjoy the matches on the way, because in order for them to look good, she has to look good, too.
3: Well, that is this week in NXT. Don't forget to get your NXT results on LuchaCentral.com, your source for and your place for all things Lucha Libre. Uh, with that, we're going to jump to this week in Lucha Libre history with Dusty.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure and check out LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information on their birthdays, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we chose October the 17th, 2008, when Marco Corleone won Liz Mark Jr.'s hair in a hair-versus-hair-poistest match at the Arena Mexico in Mexico City. Marco Corleone is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, you may best know him from his appearances with WCW and WWE as Mark Jindrak, and he was actually the original choice for Batista's spot in Evolution. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he had quite a pedigree, no pun intended, before he got to CMLL. But with us, at least, and with a lot of people, he's equally as famous if maybe not more famous for his work with CMLL. It lasted longer. He used the name Marco Corleone there. He was a world heavyweight champion, a world trios champion and CMLL, and he was a WCW World Tag Team champion. He left WWE in July 2005 and started working for CMLL in late 2006, before being fired after being banned from arenas for pulling down Shocker's tights and a match against each other in a display of Rudo showmanship. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's like a great fact.
3: I have so uh, many questions about that. It's not the time, but there's so many questions.
4: Shocker got banned from a lot of the same arenas, and that's when he went yeah. in at the time. Like, it was a big deal.
5: Yeah, yes. like – yeah. <laughs> it was not – it wasn't just – they got rid of the American, who, by the way, still lives in Mexico.
6: Yes, yeah, yeah yes. he lives in Mexico.
5: <laughs> yeah. Like, just so people are aware, like, it it's not, it wasn't just a job for him, it became his life. Well, I'll talk about that during, when I talk, but keep yeah.
6: going, Uh
4: After he left CMLL, because of that, he joined AAA and Perros Del Mall when they were on the way up, just slightly before they were the coolest thing in the world, before going back to CMLL in 2011, where he stayed for the next seven years Including wrestling his final match to date on March the twenty third, two thousand eighteen for CMLL, he retired as CMLL World Heavyweight Champion on August the twenty second, two thousand eighteen when he vacated the title due to injury, and then that also confirmed his departure from CMLL. He hasn't wrestled since. Hopefully, you know we'll see
5: more of. He always talks about a comeback, so we'll yeah,
4: watch. he he does yeah to be permanently <laughs> retired, so hopefully we'll get to see more, and he's smart, you know, like, you give people enough time, and then you're so excited to see them come back, and if they're at least as good as they were before, which I think he could be, I mean, it's it's a very exciting thing to have them back. This was a Hair versus Hair Apuestas as Best of Three Falls match. It was the third and final of Poista's match of Gintrack's career. And it took place on a CMLL regular Friday Vierna show. Yeah. And... What's interesting is even though Lismark Jr. is clearly the Rudo in this match, the crowd was behind him and they were against Corleone because they had that jingoistic national pride. You yeah. know, like they, they weren't going to let an American win that a place this match. And in a super Rudo move in the third fall, Lismark Jr. was able to get his hand on the rope for the break. But referee Tigre Hispanico, he never saw it and declared Marco Corleone the winner in a controversial finish that really turned him heel. It was incredible. Brendan, what did you think of this match?
5: Well, I mean, so you you touched on the thing that stood out to me was the – uh it was a regular TV match, but based on – the crowd energy, the presentation of the match—it was obviously a big deal. I—I yeah. when the first time I watched this, I didn't know any of the background story. I just watched this as a raw match, and within 30 seconds of of the match starting on the footage we watched, I saw—I I knew this was a big deal. I knew this was the the uh, like a proper Apuestas match that probably it had. had a year long or more build up. And the fans were really into it. The fans were, were uh, there were, uh, there was always a segment of people that were behind Marco Corleone in this match.
4: Yeah. But they the whole kind crowd of, was hot, no matter who they yeah, were hot uh, for. Like yeah. they were very excited. <laughs>
5: yeah, and, and it did feel like it was a switch at the end where, where, uh, Marco Corleone went, became a lot more baby face by, by the end of it. And, uh, because they were cheering when he hit his big moves and all of that, but yeah. I wanted to—I wanted to take—I had also done notes on on who Marco Colleone is and why he's a big deal. Um, American fans would also have a chance, have had a chance to see him on MTV's Lucha Libre USA as Marco Colleone. Yeah,
4: that was a cool okay. show. Uh
5: it, uh, it was uh, you know it was less seen than than a lot of things but that that was him i believe uh in a triple a gimmick at the time coming up as marco Corleone, uh and he was a no brainer cuz he speaks perfect english so uh but i liked that and he went all in on becoming a luchador and lucha libre like he's uh He's, he's, he studied the, the, the art form. He did, he did, uh, soaps while he was down in Mexico. He did some of the TV shows down there, but learned a little, he's still down there, like I said. He's making a living somehow. He has photos of being married. His marriage happened in the cathedral with, uh, Fray Torment presiding. And again, those of you, uh, who haven't talked to me in person, anytime Nacho Libre comes up, I mention Frey okay. Torment. Because that's – I'm like – if somebody says that, I'm like, you know, it's based on a real person, and I pull out a picture of Marco Corleone being married by Frey Torment on my phone because, like, it's the coolest image to see two very white people being married by a a pope in a lucha mask. (laughs)
6: Uh,
5: That is how I describe the aesthetic. I don't believe believe he's
1: just—it's—it's cool, yeah. Um,
5: he's not really a pope. Those of you that are members of the Catholic Church, don't get uh, upset with me. It just—he—that's how you can describe the aesthetic because he's yes, it was in a
3: very religious garment. (laughs) Yes,
5: yeah. (laughs) Well, with lots of with with lots of jewelry and and you know, it was they were they were very over the top, but uh, uh. Yeah, he's he's a legend. Hopefully he comes back. I I keep him. I keep following him on Twitter and all the other socials because he teases comebacks. And he's also a very uh, respectable guy to talk to about that. Like, Miranda, if you have questions, you could just go on social. He'll probably answer them, even if they're a little embarrassing. Good to know. So now that you know you have questions, <laughs> I'm going to pitch it over to you and we'll see if that changes what you're uh
3: Well you it, was, <laughs> it was just going back to – I think what Dusty hit the nail on the head for me in particular was just more of learning about Mark Jindrax um, you know, time in Mexico and with CMLL through this match, because it's something that I heard of. I, I remember, I think it may have been reported within the past year at one point, he was saying something about returning back mm-hmm. to the ring in Mexico. And at that point, that was really the first that I had heard of his Career in Mexico, so being able to watch it in this match was really fascinating um, because of the fact that absolutely he played up the American to a T, um, very strong but also fairly agile, and mm-hmm. um, I think that played very well again in the match against Lismark Jr. It was one where the crowd was very hyped throughout the entire time, but it was very clear. See, I didn't know Liz Mark Jr. was supposed to be the heel in this because I- that was not the that he received. (laughs) No, that's Um, where I
5: was commenting, too. Like, the (laughs) crowd was very mixed.
3: Yeah. Um, But I think that as you slowly... It started off very general in the sense that, like, you didn't see, you know, uh, 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 Corleone get into any of those heel aspects until a little bit later on. So it was almost like peeling the layers a bit. And you could see as the match progressed when he started to get more Rudo um, in it. But I think it was just still very fascinating to see him in that element, because this was really my first time seeing him in that. It was also interesting because um, I, I feel like this was also another step in the evolution of Liz Mark Jr., um, because in doing the research, I had saw that he lost his mask uh, a little uh, over a year before that in 2007. Um, and now in this match, he was losing his hair. So, um, for, for that, just seeing how he changes so much within that year, um, is interesting to me because in a lot of these matches, I only see as, as Brendan talked about, I go in cold. There's a lot of times I don't know the history of anything or, um, the backstory or what they did before. So getting to see and learn a little bit more about that on both sides. Really made this interesting. It's not necessarily as, as you guys even talked about it. It was a Friday match. It wasn't a headline match. If you go to this day in Lucha Libre on luchacentral.com, there are a lot of other matches with more marquee names and more, you know, uh, more well-known names and events. Um, but I do think this is one is interesting in which you get a really good built, like a really well-built Lucha Libre match. You know, yeah. has all the elements of a speed and agility and storytelling rudo and technico, even though you know that in of itself is kind of ambiguous uh, a, a really just like a pure apuestas match um and so I think that that definitely gave me a better appreciation for this match and the people in this match when just looking at what it is at its core.
6: Mhm,
5: it should be mentioned this was a two out of three false traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, CMLL Lucha Libre match And the pacing is as such Although Mm -hmm. it was TV So it was kind of a sped up version Of that Yeah
3: Well thank you Dusty That was this week in Lucha Libre history Don't forget this day in Lucha Libre history Located at LuchaCentral.com. But wait, you know it. There's more at LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, can you let us know what else we can find on LuchaCentral.com?
5: Absolutely. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it really is time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that... It's free. Come on, people, free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
3: Up next, we're going to be talking about MLW this week. And in very similar fashion to uh, NXT, we didn't have a lot of Lucha Libre content um, in this show, we had three matches, but none of them were fairly lucha-oriented or centric. But really, the big news coming out of Fusion Alpha this week is the vignettes slash expose that we received from wow. Cesar Duran, Woo-hoo. as he, he prefers to be called Cesar, and... Uh, <laughs> and this came in a few different ways so we had some general backstage vignettes with Cesar with Cesar Duran um the first one was with Alexander Hammerstone where he relinquishes the open weight championship uh, last week on Fightland he did defeat Fatu to become the uh, MLW World Heavyweight Championship or to to win the World Heavyweight Championship um he um Went into Caesar's office to relinquish the belt to essentially give opportunity to someone else to have that belt, um, mm-hmm. which was very noble of him to do. And so un- Caesar,
5: go ahead. Un- unrequested. So, like, those of you Correct. who are familiar with Caesar's history would think maybe he got called in and was told he had to give it up. No, he did it to Caesar's surprise, mm-hmm. which... The least the most uncharacteristic thing I saw all night. The rest of it was all spot on. So yes. sorry.
3: Uh, no, it's it's a good it's a good point. because um, mm-hmm. that leads into a few other things that we'll talk about briefly. Um with that we had an expose on Caesar Duran by Alicia Atute. Um she had a series of different pieces of footage uh of him, specifically as they mentioned, his Boyle Heights business um or venture. Um, they have footage from his last night there in which he was rummaging through his office, trying to collect things um, and also heading to outside in the back to leave, which made it look like he was running away from something or from someone. Um, they also had footage of him, you know, apparently going to different Latin American countries for business dealings. Um, one where it was very predominantly shown having a big key around his neck, Um, and then also they had additional footage from his office from the night that the temple fell, as they have said. Um, and in that we did direct quote. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, so a lot of alluding to Lucha underground and, you know, that history, which is great because they're doing that without doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, we did see a woman in his office searching for something. Um And the footage is very grainy and dark, so you can 't see who the woman is, but it could be anyone. Our two top you know choices in this is of course, possibly Selena de La Renta, who had some business dealings with el jefe um at at some point, uh especially when he became owner of Promociones Dorado. Um, but also, uh, it could have been possibly Katrina, um, who was, you know, in feud with him, uh, towards the end of Lucha Underground. So very vague, grainy footage on who it is.
5: I did come up with a third option, which oh. is still relative. Uh, the, uh, the ring announcer from the underground days. Um, oh, Melissa Santos. Oh, Melissa, Santos. <laughs> Melissa Santos. Yes. Uh, Because she is still working a lot of indie dates and could very easily fit into MLW programming, and she would have been, based on the fact that one of the things that they did, the, like all this footage, I, I found it very believable and synced up with the seasons three and four finales of Lucha Underground, so... That would be a thing because she was present that she could be doing as well. And maybe, you know, if they decide to bring her in, that could she could have a bigger role than just being a ring announcer this time.
3: And I think that was the purpose. It it left it very vague and ambiguous and possibly a new person coming into the fold of the story. Um, so Caesar did have a response to the expose, not very thrilled about his portrayal, um, (laughs) with that. Also because there was footage of him talking on the phone about being a, a wolf in the hen's house, um, essentially with some pretty deceptive or devious plans for MLW and, um, you know, it really didn't put him in the most flattering line and raised a lot of questions as to why he's been given so much power in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we did see Caesar kind of take that out on, uh, Richard Holiday a little bit later in the show. Uh, they still are insinuating, you know, Alicia and Richard having a love hate relationship. And with that, Caesar did then tell Richard that he would be fending, defending the IWA. Caribbean Championship next week on um, MLW Alpha Fusion, and it was later released online uh, or later um, in the show. Actually, it was revealed that that competitor would be Mil Muertes. So. Woo-hoo. Um Next week, we definitely have a match uh between Richard Holiday and Mil Muertes for the IAWA Caribbean Championship. But real quick, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on everything that was alluded. And Brendan, you definitely have a little bit more of that detailed eye looking at these because there were certain things that I noticed, but it seemed like you noticed a lot more as far as Easter eggs that they were alluding to.
5: Well, I hadn't had a chance to scrape for Easter eggs like I did last time where I was spotting things on the desk. But uh again, from my recollection of the season three and season four both had had exiting the temple montages mm-hmm. and uh he got into a limousine like you were talking uh, like we saw in this footage. It all looked like this could have been very alternate camera angles to things that happened in lucha underground so that is going to be my homework this week is i'm going to try and see if if it syncs up exactly but um it was more that like i said the character was really spot on like his reaction where he put uh he he took advantage of his anger but still was very crafty about that to put the iwa championship on the line against mil muertes who is arguably one of his guys right uh and uh, generally, kind of being about uh, lucha and violence, as he said. So uh, you had the the one kind of uncharacteristic interview where he was overly complimentary and not exceptionally manipulative with Hammerstone. Although they did have a sit down where the camera turned off and talked about his future. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did you? I I, I I was so awash in other details. Did you mention the other big reveal on that that we're gonna have the 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 battle chamber no no
3: no no i haven't gotten to that yet the war chamber yeah yes (laughs)
5: yeah uh which was the why they sat down but uh the uh yeah so that was where i was at it was like i it felt like i'm still seeing scenes of uh el jefe manipulating the, the scene and i felt like we could go right to uh, a, a Lucha Underground match Out of any of those segments yes. We didn't this week But I mean we'll get more of that feel next week I'm sure since Mil Muertes Is already guaranteed to be there mm-hmm. So,
3: And this is what we were wondering And curious about As far as if we were going to how, how Azteca Underground Was going to evolve What was the tie-ins If there was any to Lucha Underground What was this going to look like So right now ML, MLW is a pretty dark place Um, You know, where I think a lot of things we saw more comedy over the summer with like uh, Filthy Island um, and some of those types of vignettes, especially even with the Dynasty. Now we're in a very darker place with MLW. Absolutely. Um, agree. And and like you mentioned, Brendan, it has also been announced that um, Alex Hammerstone is going to have a team of his own to face Contra in the war chamber. Um, happening, I believe in December. So we are going to, uh, have all the members of Contra versus Alex Hammerstone. He's already, uh, got his, his dynasty co-partner there, uh, Richard Holliday and E.J. Nanduka has also been announced as his, uh, as a member. So there's one spot left, uh, for him to complete, uh, his team, but we're also going to see more story with that. I do want to know as far as how we ended the show. And that was with a promo from Injustice, furious on how their match ended with 51-50. But they didn't even get to finish their promo because up pulled up Rivera, up pulled up Boogie, uh, yes. up pulled up Dr. Julius, Smokes, and just beat the Daylights out of Injustice in that parking lot um and they are not here to play games they came here to win so that was very adamant in this attack and they just laid them out so um what i yeah
5: yeah what i really like about this is it's an inversion of what injustice had been doing for like two years so yeah it's um
3: the tables have turned (laughs) yeah the tables have absolutely turned. Um, but again, I think it's also a great way to have a balance of, you know, all of the storylines that you're doing, even if it is very brief. And again, I think Injustice, as you said, Brendan, have met their match with 5150. And now they're going to have to get creative. Does that mean they're going to add a third member to help, you know, balance things out? That is absolutely possible as well. Which is very fascinating, but um we do it does look like we're gonna get a continuance of the storyline between injustice and fifty one fifty
5: um
3: but that's this weekend go ahead i
5: just I'm just gonna add i'm I'm adding to the hype pot here uh injustice did have a third member for a long time they did so that could be a big return happening or they could be adding somebody new and fresh if they do go to a third member mm-hmm. just. Just, you know, a little, I like to add to the, the, the hype pot here yeah. on this. MLW's well, really got my imagination it, going.
3: Exactly. I think that's exactly what I just wanted to reiterate as well. MLW is very much a pool where anybody can show up. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and stories are evolving again now that they have a lot more story rich product. It really does it, it really just adds something to the fact that they have already fantastic wrestling. Now they have a very deeper, you know, storyline, um, that seems to be threading through multiple, uh, other stories or other aspects of MLW. So it's very much making it must-watch wrestling right now. And again, it's all on YouTube. It's free every Wednesday night, um, so you can see MLW um, really at your convenience, which I think also makes it such an appealing product for yeah. wrestling fans.
5: Yeah. There is live tweet events that happen with when it first comes out, so those of you that are looking for more of a sh- mutual shared experience, you can have that. Or you can be like me and you can watch it in the middle of the night while you're supposed to be asleep.
6: <laughs> yeah, awesome. I watch that's, that's <laughs> a lot of
4: my wrestling too, honestly. <laughs> oh, all
3: right. Well, up next we have CMLL news with Brendan.
5: Uh, so just real quick, I wanted to cover a few things. We did have uh, the uh, the Grand Prix, the Amazonas. Uh, It's the Friday, last Friday, the the 8th. So the, uh, I'm going to cover the semi-main first, which was, uh, kind of a, you know, kind of an interesting match as well. You had Grand Guerrero, Templario, and Ultimo Guerrero in a six-man or trios match against Mystico, Titan, and Volador Jr. Uh, the, uh, the Rudos won this one, uh, with Ultimo Guerrero really coming off looking strong on it. He blocked La Mystica twice. Uh he basically the the uh the the way that they got the final win is he pulled uh he pulled a mask off of a guy with, you know and did to the the cover up things so they could get pinned. So they really are kind of building like Ultima Guerrero and Mystico into a, a feud which could be interesting. And then you could probably see variations on that with Titan and Volador being involved with the rest of this too. So um, that's why I wanted to start here. Could be a very interesting series of matches in the very near future, which is uh all I've been hoping for out of CMLL for a while. Like, I won't just have a couple of good programs instead of uh putting big names in spot matches. And then we had the Grand Prix de Amazons, which featured Amapola, Dark Silhouette, La Yarochita, Uvia, Marcella, Princesa Sugehit, Reina Isis, Vispa Dorada, Dallas, Momo Kogo, Sonia, Stephanie Vacker, Tsukasa Fujimoto, and Tsukishi. So all over the place, those uh, Japanese names you were hearing were coming from Ice Ribbon, although they're going to stay in Mexico for a while and do more programs. Some of the other in, quote-unquote international wrestlers have said they're staying in uh, Mexico and they're doing matches. Uh, it was a pretty much a standard tournament format. You had a battle royal where they, everybody was eliminated that kind of determined what was going to, uh, what how the teams were going to work out. And, and then you had, uh, Silhouette coming out on top on this one. Unfortunately for me, Avispo was eliminated very early, but, um, But uh, uh, anyway, that, so that was uh, where we were at. We did congratulations to Dark Silhouette on winning the Grand Prix to Amazons. That's, that's a big deal. Uh, I, hopefully they continue to do this match in future years because I think that the uh, the women's division has just as much to offer as the men's division for these t- this style of, of, of match. And I was super excited they got to do that. They are... Um, building towards uh Dia de la Muertes now which is going to be the next i uh pay-per-view that they're going to have. There were supposed to be more details out uh, on Wednesday. I was unable to find any information on that, so hopefully next week I will have information on the build up to our big uh end of the month series of matches. Also, last minute news come came flying in. Lucha Block <laughs> announced that TJP is going to be traveling down to CMLL as a representative of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So um I, there's nothing about this that does not excite me. Like this <laughs> is good. TJP and CMLL, no matter what, is going to be good. If he's as the brand representative for New Japan, that means there might be other New Japan wrestlers going down there. So we, right? Yeah.
6: That's the most exciting part. <laughs> and
4: it's interesting because of AEW being aligned with AAA, but also being aligned with New Japan. Right. Typically, CMLL won't do any business with people that do business with who anybody they consider their enemy. Yeah. Right. So it, it's interesting that they're going forward, especially right now when they need them. They're going forward that New Japan partnership and expanding into Ice Ribbon. Like that's mm-hmm. a strong yeah. sign. They're they're putting talent above pettiness. Finally, yeah,
3: yeah. and
5: and, and yeah. not and, cynically programming. Yeah,
3: yeah. Sure. Exactly. Well, and and TJP is truly one of those we talk about those forbidden door wrestlers, where he's still an active member on the MLW roster. He's still you know working with Impact sporadically. He's yeah. you know working with New Japan, and so now adding this to CMLL, the CMLL um, as part you know of his active work right now Mm -hmm. is truly you know is as much as we've seen that cross promotion work it's still truly very unheard of as for exactly that with these type with these promotions of what you were saying dusty you know that um that partnership or cmll just doesn't typically do this
5: exactly no they're very notorious for for being very uh Fussy about who they work with. I'm gonna put it that way. Like they, you know, we've talked, we've detailed some some of it. I don't want to go too much into it because I don't. I always feel like I sound too negative on their their dealings because I don't understand their perspective. But um yeah, that that's it's it's a big deal. We're getting where they seem to be putting business ahead of their personal feelings and moving ahead with a really exciting relationship that I glad to see continuing that's my that's all i've got on cmll so unless you guys have more thoughts on on this thing here
3: no um, and that's why you gotta you gotta listen to the lucha central weekly podcast so that way you get the latest information that's going around in the world of lucha libre up next, this week in WWE, we have a little bit of the aftermath of the draft, um, and really some uh what you need to know from SmackDown and, uh, I believe, Main Event.
4: Yeah, yeah, there, there wasn't much on Raw, but on SmackDown, we had Sami Zayn, he defeated Rey Mysterio in one of the qualifier matches for King of the Ring, and we all know Sami isn't going to go to Saudi Arabia, like... I, I don't want to be, you know, kind of pulling the curtain back here, but we all know that's not going to happen. So why not let Rey Mysterio get the win on this one? Like, he looked so good in the match, and he wrestled better than he's wrestled in quite a while. And I I just wish they had given this one to the Lucha fans. I started to mention it during the NXT thing. Anything that has a Lucha feel to it, it seems like WWE is very cold on right now for whatever reason. And, and Rey Mysterio's booking, Dominic's booking, they're no exception. Wasn't a big fan of this match. However, a small exception, something I was a big fan of, Zelina Vega defeated Tony Storm. Yeah. At, uh, mm-hmm. Queen of the Ring. Like, holy cow, Zelina wins. This is only her fifth win in WWE. So any win for Zelina, especially in a singles match, is a happy win in my book. And not only that, but she got a win over a competitor like Tony Storm. I mean, Tony Storm is a really strong competitor. Does yeah. a great job. Great in the ring. They looked so good together and the win is a real feather in Selena's cap. Mm-hmm. And I'm just as pleased as I can be that she's getting a push, no matter how big or small that may turn out to be. She's going to face Carmella in the semifinals. I think this could oddly be a very exciting match. And I mean, they they've both got a lot to prove and we've seen Selena can do pretty fantastic things if they give her a chance. And I feel like this could be a match that really surprises and wows a lot of people or at least opens their eye to Selena Vega as a more upper mid card, if not championship quality mm-hmm. contender mm-hmm. in the women's division.
5: Yeah, I I do have a couple points on this one as well. Uh just, I I'm just that's my thing this week. I'm just going to butt yeah. in a factoid. Sorry. I like it. You're um, the historian
4: and the fact guy the
3: group. That is also the, true. The
5: uh the, the the matches have all been short. That's been the biggest complaint. Like all of the the matches this round took less time than the introductions for the men's round matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, my expectations are a little low on, on how much we're going to get for that next week worth of matches. Uh, but it's, it is, um, and, and then also, like, this, this show and its followers are probably the only ones in the world that were happy that Zelina got this win. Uh,
6: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah. that's true, but ultimately too, I had a very interesting discussion about this. Uh, I'm just gonna plug the hashtag Miranda show on do it.com it. yeah. because hashtag we talk Miranda. exactly about this, this whole bracket, um, for the Queen's Crown tournament. And ultimately, it, it was surprising to see, you know, the fact that Liv Morgan and Tony Storm didn't advance. But when you look at the bracket in its entirety and, and you look at your final four, I'm thinking the winner is going to come from the other side of the bracket. Either they're going to go kind of the comedy route with Drop, or they're going to go the badass route with Shayna Baszler. Now, yeah. so that means you don't want to necessarily have a Tony Storm or Liv Morgan lose, oh. you know. Uh, not, not in the finals. Yeah. Yeah, not in the right. finals, you know, maybe getting it, them out early. So that way they're not completely destroyed by Shayna Baszler. Uh, right you know, or, or do drop, you know, or, or even that too. But in some ways it makes sense that you have Carmela and Zelina because both of them would be strong, uh, kind of even like veterans to come into the finals, mm-hmm. um, and would be great as uh opponents for whoever they they face on the yes. other side. And so I know a lot of people were really pulling for Tony Storm and Liv Morgan, but when you think about, especially the way that these, um, tournaments have been built over the past few years. They've been built to elevate somebody. You know, you think about the last yeah. King of the Ring, all of that was really meant to build up Baron Corbin. You could Absolutely. see that again in the men's side. It You know, it sounds like they're probably doing that same philosophy for the women's side. And so yeah. when you think about it in that perspective, which we talk about on the hashtag Miranda show, it makes a lot more sense, but it also is good for um, Zelina and for uh Carmela to get to this level um, because, you know, it does show that their, their capabilities um on their brands and as talents and as, you know, women that you have as, as good wrestlers yeah. that you can well, plug in in any situation. And I think that is yeah. very underrated and undervalued of them.
5: It shows the faith they've got in in both of those women, and the fact that they they kind of put maneuvered Zelina to be in this spot feels like that's what they want to do with her. Is they want to have her make other people look good, and I'm I'm okay with that. I think that's a good use of her skills.
4: I do too, and at her size that's why I think Zelina may come out ahead in this match mm-hmm. I don't know who wins between Dewdrop or Shayna Baszler but with her size and her ability to ragdoll the way she does yeah. in, in a defensive position it like, she will make the, whoever wins, look amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like, they will look incredible, they'll look dominant, the size differential goes into it, cause Selena's kinda small, and yeah. I mean, there's like a lot that really, I mean.
5: She will make dewdrops exactly. look. It'll Fantastic. make her
4: look incredible, just, and it'll make visually. Selena look incredible, too. Yeah. Like, it will help elevate her. Tony Storm didn't necessarily need the rub for making it to the finals of the Queen's mm-hmm. Crown Tournament, but it does a lot for Zelina to make it to the finals, for yep.
6: instance. Yeah.
4: Even more than it does for Carmella. I mean, Carmella's been around, done it all at this point, aside from this. So, I mean, it, it really does the most for Selena, on the SmackDown side. And
5: can yeah. you imagine the promo she can cut after that?
4: Oh, and yeah.
5: She's, yeah.
4: She's already got the kind of flowered crown and everything <laughs> yeah. already. Like, oh, she'd be so good. And, and we know she's apparently not above poisoning somebody to get a win. So who knows? Maybe she'll get to be, the queen. <laughs> that's very queenly. Yeah. To poison <laughs> somebody true. to be. That's true. very,
3: <laughs> that's very Game of Thrones. <laughs> very, very Game of
5: Thrones. Yeah. You, You're on it.
4: Yeah. And we also want to cover main event this week. John Morrison defeated Angel Garza. Uh, I don't have a lengthy review on it. I was actually watching it right up to the record time for the show. But it was an awesome match. This is very likely going to be Garza's last appearance for a while on main event due to him and Humberto Carrillo moving to SmackDown as a tag team. So that already gives you the feeling that John Morrison might win, and he did. It was a showcase. It was really parkour versus lucha, and it was a really fun match. Garza tore the pants off but missed the moonsault. That allowed Morrison to connect with the Starship Pain. He got the win in 7 minutes and 47 seconds. And we'll see what happens with Main Event. I have a feeling it may be slightly overhauled after the draft. Maybe not, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Right now, still, some of the best wrestling.
5: Ahead, they Brent. used to do they used to do big batch recordings of them, so that might have just been the the last that was in the can, and they are probably doing another taping at, at some point for the next wave. So yeah,
4: because it's only two matches per yeah. show and, and it's always raw talent. It used to be main event was raw and superstars, I believe was SmackDown, mm-hmm. but then we got two Oh five live, which was awesome for a while, but now two Oh five has a lot of, I I don't want to say random because they're good matches, but they're matches you would not expect for 205 Live. Like, it's got everything now. Yeah, yeah, 205
3: Live is truly the melting pot because you have some NXT people in there. You have um, people that you don't really see on SmackDown. I'd say it's like an extension of NXT at this point.
4: Yeah, it's more of the developmental product at this point. Uh, But it's also very interesting in a way. I enjoy watching 205 again for the first time in quite a while, so we'll see what comes of it. I, I would love to have some kind of SmackDown Raw hybrid show, but I think if that happens, they'll take one match before each show Mm -hmm. for main events so we'll see but continue to check it out right now at least it's still the best actual wrestling where you're going to get to see nearly eight minutes of john morrison versus angel garza anywhere else like
5: right great
4: match a lot of fun definitely check it out also like i mentioned at the end of all my segments for all this news and more as soon as it hits check out luchacentral.com. it's your place for all things lucha libre I believe Miranda's up next with some news on Impact Wrestling regarding the Knockouts Knockdown.
3: Yes, yes. So before we get into this week in uh Impact Television, I do want to do a quick review of Knockouts Knockdown that was held this past Saturday. Um some important things to note. Uh this was on the Impact Plus app. Um, which is exclusive, has exclusive monthly content. Um, it her back last Saturday on November 9th was, but was taped before that. Speaking of Melissa Santo, she was your official ring announcer for this event. This is the first time that we've seen her in impact in years since both her and Brian Cage left. So, yeah. um, to have her as the official ring announcer for this show was very well noted. As far as some matches or some uh, key points from this show, uh, Awesome Kong was announced to be inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is rightfully deserved, um, with her history with Impact Wrestling and really helped the Knockouts division stand out, um, with, uh, just having a person of her, you know, uh abilities um and look being so different, especially in her time in women's wrestling, really stand out. Um as far as matches though, we had Diana Perazzo defeat Masha Slamovich in a singles match. And actually, uh, Masha Slamovich has uh, signed with Impact Wrestling uh, to be a member of the Knockouts roster. So a very impressive um, turnout for her. And even though she didn't win, she did land herself a contract. We also had the... Shannon, Daphne, Sprill, Memorial Monsters ball match that included Alicia Edwards, Savannah Evans, Jordan, Grace and Kimberly with Savannah Evans winning. Mercedes Martinez defeated Tasha Steeles in in the um, finals of the Knockouts Knockdown tournament. Uh, Winning this tournament, she now receives a trophy that indicates a future title shot or title shot at the Knockouts Championship. As far as the brackets, um, we started off uh, with Tasha Steels versus Jamie Senegal, Chelsea Green versus Renee Michelle, Rachel Ellering versus Lady Frost, and Brandy Lauren versus Mercedes Martinez. From there, we had Tasha Steels and Chelsea Green face off and Rachel Ellering uh, face off against Mercedes Martinez to get to your final two. Tasha Steele's and Mercedes Martinez. So I am so looking forward to a Mercedes Martinez Deanna Parazzo match. I cannot wait for that to happen. I cannot wait. Now it does leave one to wonder who is going to be the person to take the belt off Diana Parrazzo. Um she is one of the most dominant wrestlers in all of pro wrestling right now. She is a double champion as being the knockouts champion and also the triple A Reina to Reina's champion. Um and so you really wonder, you know, she's really gone through the entire knockouts roster plus. Um they are building up a uh, a big match against her and Mickey James at Bound for Glory. But with this kind of being open in the wings to build up a program after Bound for Glory, um, I could absolutely see Mercedes Martinez uh win um and beat Diana Parazzo or not, but even then that is going to be a match nobody would want to miss. Oh, I'm, I'm just very excited for that future. Uh, opportunity. And then you had, uh, Decay, the team of Rosemary and Havoc, uh, they came out with Black Taurus and Crazy Steve, uh, defeating the Influence, which was the team of Tenille Dashwood and Madison Rain, uh, to retain the, uh, Knockouts Tag Team Championships. But also, it was announced that we are finally getting the inspiration, um, to Impact Wrestling, and that is formerly known as the Iconics. They are making their To Impact Wrestling, which I've just called it from day one that this is where they need to go.
5: It's a good fit for them. It's a
3: good fit for them. And they already have a title shot against a, um, at Bound for Glory for the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. So they could be the first tag team to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships and the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Tag Team Championships. So, um, thrilled for that who knows if yeah. that's going to happen but and it's not lucha related but whatever it's my time and i'm going to talk about what i'm going to talk about <laughs> so, so there you bad. go uh but as far as this week on impact wrestling uh two matches to note we did have a Division championship tournament qualifier match el Fantasmo versus rohit raju versus willie Mack. And in that match, we had El Fantasma win. So he is moving along into that and he's actually going to be part of the three way that is, uh, scheduled for Bound for Glory. I'm going to take a moment to just double check and make sure who's all in that. Uh, but also this week we did have, um, another kind of lucha oriented, uh, match. We have, or had um, uh VSK uh versus Rich Swan. Um, VSK is kind of a proto of my of Brian Myers and Rich Swan came out with Willie Mack, in which uh Willie I'm sorry, Rich Swan won with the Phoenix Splash. Um, and with that, we have the three competitors for the X Division Championship at Bound for Glory. We have Steve Macklin versus El Fantasmo versus Trey Miguel in a triple threat match with the winner becoming the new X Division Champion. Uh, so. Something to look forward to. Of course, a lot to look forward to for Bound for Glory coming up uh next week. Uh, more matches to be announced. Also, just a fun bit, Hernandez faced Falaba on Before the Impact um this week. That is available on YouTube for you to watch. I wasn't able to watch the match, um, but you got to know it was a lot of comedy. Hernandez was accompanied to the ring by Johnny Swinger. Falaba has really found a groove as a... um you know, a, a funny character And so, you know, you got An um, interesting um, a Match with that um, And with that, that was this week In Impact Wrestling um, And up next uh, We do Believe have some Ring of Honor News, some TV results From this week
5: Yes, indeed um, Not a lot this week They, uh, but Let's go. Uh, we had, the first match had, uh, SOS in a tag team match. Uh, this was not at all Lucha related. However, at the end, LFI came down. There was a bit of a stare down. And then, uh, the, the, the two had some words with each other and ultimately it resulted in a challenge. So SOS is going to challenge for Kenny King and Dragon Lee's tag team championships. I believe that's next week um they they want to do it at some point uh it, it i saw a graphic that looked like it was next week but um that was our opening match then we had the first of the three-way matches for the women's division this one featured Miranda Alizé, Willow and Angelina Love unfortunately for lucha fans Miranda Alizé did not advance this time but she d- looks like she still has a lot to say to Roxy so I don't think she really needs to win this match to get a match with Roxy so I think we're going to see more of that program they kind of alluded to that during a lot of this match and the backstage segments and then our main event had the tag team of Bandito and Ray Orus against uh, the original kingdom Matt Taven and Mike Bennett uh, what was uh, interesting here was that uh OGK did come out with the win on this. Uh, Ray took the pinfall and not Bandito. So we don't have any, um, any clear cut world title contenders, but it seems like they're kind of elevating them to do that. Like either Taven or Bennett might be challenging Bandito in the near future based off of, of the, this win and, and this kind of programming. So that was our tv results uh next week like i say we will have we should have uh the tag team champions in action whether that's for the tag titles i i was less clear on because it's just a quick flash graphic and uh they uh they are planning on uh they're building towards a pay-per-view in the next in the next few weeks which will have that women's title match but they've also announced they will now have Final battle in Baltimore on December 11th, and that will be a pay per view with fans. That's one of the reasons that came up. I, uh, so that is uh, kind of exciting news too. We're back to having fans at ROH events, uh, the big ROH events, which really makes them more unique and, and fun. But that's my ROH news for this week. Hopefully, we have a bunch of news next week. Mm-hmm.
3: And do you have something additional before we head out? Yeah, uh, so
5: I've been, as as people know, I've been following things on Twitter. And uh, tonight, right now, uh, the Defy is in, in uh, L.A., and they seem to be putting on a heck of a show. So I will definitely be having results next week on the Indie Roundup for that. And then while I'm here talking about that, next week I will also be going down for PCW Ultra. Which will be on Friday. So we will, it will be an awkward place as far as the taping goes. So you'll hear me talking, hyping it up next week. And then I will be live tweeting on Friday, but the, so defy going on right now. There's a barn burner going on and then we're going to have more stuff. So mm-hmm. just wanted to, uh, to hype the indie roundup a little bit more while I was watching all of these results come down the line. Yeah.
3: I mean big news with that, uh Rocky Romero was added to the card at last minute due mm-hmm. to replace Calvin Tankman to go up against Eddie Kingston. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Rocky Romero versus Eddie Kingston? Yeah, what? it's
5: it's it's in LA, so I can't see it uh yet. They they will they Defy has a really good streaming uh, uh option, so I will be watching that uh, as well. But yes they yeah, yeah. That, I mean that's that that, so- that's
3: why you gotta listen. That's why you gotta <laughs> yeah. listen. Our own Viva Van is also on the show. I say uh, our own oh, but, you so know. cool. Yeah, she <laughs> is uh wrestling She's Sandra Moon tonight, um, yeah. who is the FSW women's champion. Um and there's just a, a lot on that card. Um, Daniel Garcia versus um uh Christopher Daniels. Um I believe is this the one uh, yes. Also Mecha Wolf and Bestia yes um are on that card tonight as well. So so much, so much on that card uh yeah. for Defy that definitely you're gonna want to listen to next week's show for results on Defy. And, uh, again, too, even after that, PCW Ultra, uh, next Friday, October 22nd in, uh, the LA area as well. Tickets are still available if you want to make it out there. Um, again, you have a big match in War Beast versus Rivera and Boogie, uh, Danny Rivera and Slice Boogie. Um, that's going to be a fantastic match. Yeah. Um, and, you know, much, much more. Uh, Alex Hammerstone is also going to be uh, wrestling um, against uh, Alex Kane from MLW. This is someone that Court Bauer has really put over um, over the past few weeks. Um, and someone that, you know, definitely can give uh, Hammerstone a run for his money. Um, also, Viva Van will be on that show um, wrestling Ruby Ray's. For the Ultra Women's Championship, and they are now going to be crowning a new Ultra Light Champion uh, between uh, Jay Bidel, Class, Matt Vandegrift, and Lucas Riley. Uh, Three out of the four competitors are people I've announced for and absolutely adore. Um, So that one is one I'm really keeping an eye on myself, but um, that and much, much more at PCW Ultra. Make sure to follow both Defy and PCW Ultra on social media to get the latest on all of their upcoming events and match announcements and make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central weekly podcast over the next few weeks for us to cover them and everything that we just talked about this week and more. So thank you all to listening for this week's episode of the Lucha Central weekly podcast. Please visit luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. We have a uh, cover all of the uh, shows as far as WWE, AEW, um, and uh, NXT uh, for match results. And of course you'll have some AAA, CMLL, IWRG, you know, that happens as they are available. Uh, while you're at it, go ahead and follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at Lucha Central on Twitter. Or, sorry, at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. The YouTube page is also available with hours and hours of exclusive content, including interviews and matches. And, you know, if you're in the mood, why don't you go and follow us on social media? Uh, Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you?
4: Yes, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
5: And, Brendan, where can our listeners find you? Uh I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321, and then spelled out T-Shirt Guy. Uh, And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and as we discussed, I'm on Twitter. Uh, So, you know, find me. Send me your indie matches.
3: And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. If you are listening to this, Uh, through your favorite podcast streaming platform. That includes iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbase, Speaker, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe to notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating, and feel free and leave us a review. Let us know what you like about the show, what you may not like, topics we've covered, things you think we should cover more, and everything in between. You can also do the Same thing to us on social media and let us know what you think of the show. And with that, you know, we'll be back with you next week. So, for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will be back with you next
6: week.